and thanks again for tuning in to another segment of Changing Times from the Healthy Mind, Healthy Life series, Managing Your Thoughts from a Biblical Perspective. Today's topic, Let Go and Let God, with your host, Miss Jay, and co-host, Miss Shay. Hey, 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 Miss Shay. Today, we've got some special things to talk about. We're going to have a heart-to-heart talk with about letting go and letting God from the perspective of freeing ourselves from the weight of life's troubles, which can be difficult. People have grown weary and tired of carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders, and so am I, sis, Mm -hmm. because we unknowingly become conditioned to carry those weights, thinking there is no remedy in sight to lift the burden. With the understanding that letting go and letting God means to release to free yourself from the bondage of tests and trials that weigh heavily on you. You know, I believe our stresses in life is due in part to what's going on in our heads and subconsciousness. I also believe some medical issues also play a part in the intensity of our stress levels, but it's also a mindset. Submitting to God's will in the midst of chaos and confusion swirling around you is about focus. What do you focus on? What do you meditate on? What are you thinking about? What has your attention when the Bible clearly states that whatever you focus on can become an idol, like a little God that is designed to steal your peace and your joy? Now, there are two or one or two ways to look at this, either God will have free reign in your headspace or the devil. You can't make room for both. Darkness and light cannot cohabitate in the same dwelling place. So it's time for you and I to realize that you become the slave of whatever you are enjoying to. In Romans 6.16 in the MEV translation, it says, Do you not know that to whom you yield yourselves As slaves to obey, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. Yes, you've heard it right. Enslaved to your problems. That's that's the trick of the enemy. Consider what the scripture says about whom you submit yourselves to. Uh, Is your focus on the problem or the problem solver? Jesus. Are you relying on your feelings and emotions that create more stress and anxiety in your life? Wouldn't you rather switch channels of your heart by turning over your problems to the man, Jesus, who has the power to turn your problems into a plethora of blessings? You know why, Ms. Che? Because he does it all. Otherwise, you would become discouraged and miserable. What does the word of God says in Isaiah 26 and 3, Ms. Che? It says, you, God, Thank you, Lord. will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you in both inclinations and character, because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectations. Amen. This, this promise is a gift you can rely on when faced with challenges during life's journey with the understanding that life contains seasons of joy and sadness, inescapable things in a world full of chaos and confusion that we are sometimes unprepared to walk through. 
However, there's good news in Psalms 30 and 5 in the NLV. It could not be truer in the sense that it says, crying may last for a night, but joy comes with the new day. Don't I ever, do you, sis, long for those mornings when you can breathe a breath of fresh air from all the problems and all the, the circumstances of life that we look for a way out of those things. Miss Chair, I just can't count the number of sleepless nights I've spent over things I have no control over, gloating over them, pondering them, and wondering, will, when will they come to an end? But the one thing I've learned, Miss Chair, through the process of going through storms is that everything is something to change. I've learned that times changes, seasons change, people change, beliefs change, priorities change, finances change, things change, life happens. Everything has its seasons. I don't know what is ailing you today and what you may be experiencing, but what I do know is if you reach out your hands to Jesus, he will reach back with the understanding that there is a purpose for everything under the sun. Now, Ms. J, Ecclesiastes talks about all the different seasons that we deal with. Share that with our listeners in Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse number one through eight in the NIV. Well, that's a very powerful scripture. Um, it says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time of peace. And what does that tell us? Everything has, has a timeline. Yes. Everything on the planet has a timeline. Even the food we eat has an expiration date. And if you eat something past the expiration date, you may become ill. And the points described in Ecclesiastes 3 is a culmination. There is a culmination of life's experiences enveloped in seasons that are not easy to live through. Listeners, this is a new day, okay? A new beginning. Take a deep breath. It's a fresh start. The good news is that when traveling through life, you will unfortunately experience detours bumps and roadblocks. But at the end of the day, God is always alongside of you, working things together for your good. He said he will never leave you nor forsake you and that everything he has created has a purpose. So let's relax and let's rejoice in knowing that Jesus said, I will be with you through every single storm and I will walk you through it every step of the way. He even talks about our tears. In fact, research has found that in addition to being self-soothing, shedding tears releases oxytocin 
And endorphins, which I am not familiar with the medical terms, but you know that these chemicals make people feel good and may also ease both physical and emotional pain, Ms. J. In this way, crying can help reduce pain and promote a sense of well-being. Jesus takes our tears seriously. So the next time you cry, remember that God is collecting every tear in his bottle that will never be broken. And he is keeping it right beside him for eternity. As a reminder of his deep love for us, he will never forget your pain, grief, or nor abandon you in your sorrow. He knows your suffering, having experienced it firsthand himself, but with greater intensity that resulted in the ultimate sacrifice of death. The good news is this. He bottles our tears. Can you believe that? Puts them in a bottle, a heavenly bottle. In fact, Psalms 56 and 8 in the voice translation says, you have taken note of my journey through life, caught each of my tears in your bottle, but God, are they not also blots on your book? Our tears, Miss J, leaves an impression on the pages of the Bible. Can you believe that? Mm. I mean, this means that God remembers and is concerned and aware of everything that happens in our lives, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, do you know how difficult it can be to surrender everything to God when you have taken ownership of your pain instead of letting go? It, it feels awkward. Uh, there are even songs written about letting go and letting God. But what does it mean to let go when we are used to being in the driver's seat of our life? It's like having a partnership with a prized possession. You hold on to that thing for dear life. It, it may be beautiful to look at, but the cost of the upkeep is far above your ability to manage. Yet we hold on to things like a baby with a dirty blanket. It smells, it needs to be washed, yet the baby sees the beauty in the blanket. It's, it's my blanket. I remember when my daughter was two years old, I tried to take away her blanket so many times just to wash it. It was dirty, it was smelly, but she would fight me tooth and nail and she had a lot of strength and she wanted that blanket. I'm telling you, I, she, I, she said, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it smells like. It was the effect that it has on her. That, that's, that a spirit of, of belonging to something, in that case, it wasn't the best thing for her, but a lot of times we're holding on to things that are not good for us, okay? But here's how we respond. I own it. I'm not letting go of it. And that just sounds like something we would do, right? And then we wonder why we are miserable, discouraged, and depressed. Now, we're trying to generate some thought on, on what it means to let go when freedom is knocking at your door. So what should we do, Miss J? How about, you know, take an inventory of the, of the bondages in our life. Uh, take a moment and make a list of those things that are counterproductive and maybe those things that compromise your faith and values and see what you come up with. Some things in our lives need to be discarded, need to be removed, need to be eliminated because they're our liability not an asset, and we refuse to let go of that which is not good for us, we become enslaved by it. Not only that, but why does it take so much willpower to include God in our affairs by trusting him to resolve our problems? What do you think, Ms. Che? Are we fearful, you think, of exposing our dysfunction to God? 
Are we foolish enough to think he doesn't know about our situation? God is not surprised about anything that happens surrounding us. We are his property. He created us. He's the manufacturer of every man, woman, boy, and girl. And he knows you from the inside out and the outside in. He knows what makes you tick, your personality, your character, your wants, desires, needs, strengths, and weaknesses. So Ms. Che, in your life experience, I want you to put yourself in the zone. Why do you think it is so difficult for people to let go of things that are even naturally detrimental, but, but especially the ones that are spiritually de detrimental, despite God's willingness to help them? It's called self-sufficiency. Oh gosh. We want to control everything. We want to be our own God. We want to have it our way. We don't want to let go, submit, or even surrender to things that we know are harming us. Oh my, that, that is really scary stuff. I mean, to think about that, you know, I've heard, you know, we, we've heard the phrase many times, you know, let go and let God, but how many of us have actually done it? Do we practice it? Most of the time, I would say probably 90% of the time it's difficult. Okay. And maybe there's a few out there that, you know, that you're, it's easy to do that for some people, but it, I know it's been a, it's been a stretch for me. See, words and phrases are part of our DNA, but do we ever stop to think of the meaning of words and phrases in the literal sense and how they apply in our lives? I don't think so. Let go and let God is a phrase that cropped up some years back in me, yet we still find ourselves being challenged to give God complete control over our life. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest obstacles is for us to relinquish our right to carry the weight of life on our shoulders rather than having God to do it. So letting go requires effort as anything else we try to do for God. And it's not nearly as easy to do as other things because we've become independent by trusting our emotional instincts instead of being codependent on the supernatural power of God to free us. Yet there are times you may feel like your repeated petition to him are perhaps being ignored especially when you petition him multiple times for the same thing. Ms. Shea, have you ever petitioned God for the same thing over and over again and you find yourself in a, in a, it's stuck in a rut because you're like, wait a minute, I've asked about this and you're still waiting on God to do it? It's always in God's timing. It's not on my timing. You know, I want an answer now. God knows I'm not ready. It's not the proper time. Just like we, we alluded to earlier, there's a time of season. And, you know, he may know what's happening later in the future that's going to be detriment if I get the answer to that prayer right then and there. You know, you're right, because you're getting something in the wrong time. It could really be overwhelming and sometimes, uh, yeah, counterproductive because you're now in a place where you shouldn't be. Now you're owning to something that you shouldn't. Maybe you're in a relationship that shouldn't have never happened when it did, you know. So our advice to to you is to never give up despite those feelings because, you know, Jesus is with you. He'll never give up on you. You may want to give up on you, but he's not. Uh, there are times you may have trouble releasing offenses. There are times you're going to have uh, problems and, and, and there's going to be hurts in your life that, that, that you've been struggling with for, for months, you know, days, maybe years for some people that have become a part of you. Although you desire to be free from what we would refer to those things as strongholds. And you've reached the point of giving up because in your mind, there's absolutely no remedy in sight. And sometimes I felt that way myself. At least for now, you know, you, you might not see a way out. 
but please just time out, okay? M maybe no one has told you how much God loves you and how much he cares for you with the awareness that your burdens are his burdens that you don't have to carry. But the more you think about letting go and letting God, the greater the frustration because you become acclimated to living with abnormal pain. Notwithstanding, there are pains associated with things in our life that are normal, which go with the territory. For example, having pain associated with a broken ankle is normal pain. But Ms. Chain, there, are, there is abnormal pain like emotional distress triggered by a broken heart hmm. or maybe something else. Remember the movie Diary of a Black, a Mad Black Woman by Tyler Perry? In one scene, the actor who was estranged from her cheating, abusive husband met someone who was attracted to her, but because of her lack of trust, she initially protected her heart and grappled with letting go because of her attachment to her previous failed relationship that deterred her from engaging in another relationship where she could be happy and live again. Later realizing that her newfound love was sincere in his desire to marry her. But upon letting go, her forgettable, profound response to the new love of her life was solidified when she said, I carry you in my spirit. I'll never forget those words. I think I understand what she meant. She connected with this person in a healthy way. Exactly. And then you, and then, you know, we have to ask you listeners. How many of you are carrying something in your heart that is unhealthy? You see, that was her way of expressing her freedom and courage to love again. And even if you aren't in her situation, maybe it, there are other areas in your life that 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 you know that are spiritually detrimental that must be removed, whether it's a person, a place, thing, or anything that has your heart that maybe shouldn't. Because a broken heart consumes your being and it compromises your joy and your peace. Is that not true? However, you may have trouble dealing with lingering problems that are damaging to your soul and you feel you just can't move on. Thank, thank God. Yeah, thank God for his supernatural promises to lift heavy burdens off our shoulders with the notion that burdens are weights. And they serve no other purpose than to bog you down with fear, worry, and anxiety. Jesus promises in his provisions in scripture brings such solace to our hearts. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 29 in the CEB. What does it say, Ms. Che? If you are tired from carrying heavy burdens, come to me and I will give you rest. Take the yoke I give you. Put it on your shoulder and learn from it. I am gentle and humble, and you will find a rest. Mm -mm -mm. You know, in this passage of scripture, you know what I see? This is an invitation by the one and only Jesus. If you are tired and struggling, like he said, he said he'll give you the rest you need. This also describes a path to God the Father, but it is not one of labor and hard work. Following Jesus frees us from carrying the burden of our sins, which represents weight, because he has already done that work. Hallelujah. Mm. To understand the scripture, you also need to know what a yoke's function is. Yoke ties animals to together. 
to put something like a wagon or a carriage. When you are tied together with anyone or anything other than God, you become enjoined to that person, place, or thing. Then it becomes harder for you to break free from it, which is a form of idolatry. Think about carrying a backpack full of items on a long distance walk. You may eventually get tired and quit before you reach your destination because you had no one with you to relieve you of the burden of carrying that backpack because you had no one there. That reminded me of the duties of a sky cap at an airport, which we don't see anymore. A few years back, sky caps were notably seen standing in front of the loading dock at the airport. Their proper names are called porters who assist airline passengers by handling luggage, strollers, and car seats. They perform curbside checking and assist disabled or wheelchair passengers. Without the aid of a sky cap, you would be burdened with the weight of having to carry your luggage on your own while trying to catch a flight. Given today's culture, people may not feel comfortable with the service, but can you imagine not feeling comfortable with Jesus says? <laughs> The idea of someone handling your luggage with your items inside may be cause for concern. We would rather be in full control and take responsibility for our luggage, although we know we need help. However, when it comes to the weight of spiritual luggage in your heart, Jesus is the best sky cap or porter we could ever ask for because he is the one who knows how to render the best treatment for your pain. Does he not? Unfortunately, we have not learned the value of leaning on him for support in times of need. He has made himself available to respond to our every need if we let him. Miss Shay, have you ever asked him for help? Ever? All the time. All the time. <laughs> That's why I love the Footprints poem. It is so beautiful. It's a reminder of his amazing love and promise to walk alongside of you from birth to death. So beautifully written, so beautifully stated. I was drawn by the words which are reminiscent of God's presence. Miss Che, read to our listeners your inspiring words of footprints. One night, I dreamed a dream. As I walked, as I was walking along the beach with my Lord, across the dark sky flash scenes of, from my life. From each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once, I decided to follow you. You'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times in my life, there was only one set of footprints. Man. I don't understand why. When I needed you the most, you would leave me, he whispered. My precious child, I love you and will never leave you, never, ever. During your trials and testings, when you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Hallelujah. This is so relatable to those who are suffering today. This should bring you such solidarity and solace because of Jesus' love for you. 
He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Just one word from God can change the trajectory of your life forever. And unless you experience his presence and his power, you will never discover the depth, breadth, and height of his love for you, along with his amazing provisions he has made for his children. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse number 30 through 31 in the Amplified Bible, it says, the Lord your God who goes before you will fight for you himself, just as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried and protected you just as a man carries his son all along the way which you traveled until you arrived at this place. You know, the children of Israel did not have the worries of being provided for. While on their journey to the promised land of Canaan, God met their need every need. Even their shoes did not wear out, yet they still had trust issues. Like them, many of our problems are associated with a lack of trust. In certain instances, we too find ourselves struggling with unbelief and questioning whether he will come through for us, whether he will come for our aid. Unfortunately, this is one of the primary reasons we don't see greater manifestations of his miracle working power because we take God for granted and we don't always take his word at face value, although there are eyewitnesses of his miracles revealed in scripture time and time again that remain unchallenged. For example, Thomas, one of the 12 disciples in John 20, was called by Jesus, doubting Thomas. Why? Because of his trust issues. Thomas is famous for having doubted the resurrection of Jesus and for demanding physical proof of the wounds of Christ's crucifixion. The phrase doubting Thomas was coined for his lack of faith. When Jesus showed Thomas his wounds, he became the first person to explicitly acknowledge the divinity of Jesus. But he had to show Thomas the nail prints in his hands as proof of having suffered and died on the cross, pointing out that believers should not need a sign, but unbelievers do. And this is what Jesus said in John 20, 29 in the God's word translation. Jesus said, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who haven't seen me, but believe. Isn't that amazing how Jesus makes provisions even for us criers? the weak and the lowly ones. Lord, help me. I'm going through and I don't understand why. It sounds familiar to all of us. Jesus comes along and says, I've got you. I've got your back. Today, what we're going to do, we're going to skip the steps to change your circumstances toward a brighter future. But instead, we want to change your mindset about your circumstances which is where the problem lies so that you can experience freedom. May we submit to you, there's one scripture that says it all that will put you on the road to recovery in Proverbs 3, verse number 5 through 12 in the Message Bible says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. 
Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over. But don't, dear friend, resent God's discipline. Don't sulk under his loving correction. It's the child he loves that God corrects. A father's delight is behind all of this. We are so glad you tuned in today. But before you leave, we don't want to assume that everyone has received the gift of salvation. A simple confession by faith is all that is required by repeating these words after me. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sins and ask your forgiveness. I receive you now into my life as my Lord and Savior. If you confess these lofty words of new beginnings, welcome to the family of God. All the heavenly hosts in heaven rejoice when one soul enters the kingdom. Until next time, be safe. Find us on Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. We love you. We pray for you. And we thank you. God bless you.